Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your liver. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people. Happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today is one of those magnificent uh, days. Happy to be here. Happy to be alive and well, man. It's been a lot going on in the country, and I definitely want to send condolences out to those who have uh, lost some family members in the wake of a lot of different violent uh, activities that have taken place. And so just want to send prayers out. Today, we have a special guest here, but uh, she's looking at me funny. Actually, one of our team members, Sharice, uh, Miss Adams. Miss Adams, please say hello to the Create Your Life Series family. Hi, guys. So as you guys know, Sharice is a part of the team, actually, the really the, the backbone of uh, what we do here at the Create Your Life Series. And, you know, wanted to have her on today just to get her opinion. Like, of course, Sharice, you know, she helps develop the content. Sharice, what don't you do, Miss yeah. Adams? <laughs> I don't know, at this stage. At this stage, I mean, she films. She's almost almost editing, developing the content, putting me in check. Oh, no. The rest of the team, <laughs> making sure the Calendly is right, does the pre-interviews. I mean, so you're like amazing. And you've had the opportunity, of course, when this came to you just kind of as an idea. You know, and I, was, I feel like maybe, what was it, a year ago? I was trying to get you to work with me and you was like, I don't know. But I know (laughs) that when you finally went ahead and got this space here, that the rest was history. You Mm -hmm. know, you consider like who you want to work with and, you know, if it's really worth your time and stuff like that. And one of the key things for me always is if that person is already in the process of trying to accomplish whatever they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very clear that you were had your stuff together. You had the space here. You had your excels, like with all the people that you're thinking about having on the show. You had other team members already committing. So to me, it was like, yeah, of course I'm going to do this. Like, why not? <laughs> wow. No, I'm super happy to hear you say that. Um, I didn't realize, but I, I, there was a lot of preparation before I even approached you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, one of the one of the great things about you uh, in particular is that um, you're prepared mm-hmm. all the time, and your 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 thing is processes, yeah. right? So I knew that when I came to you, I had to have all my ducks in a row. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna be like, nah, nah. But no, create your life series, fam. I definitely have been trying to recruit Sharice for over a year to work <laughs> with me on several projects, and so it took a little bit of time. So Sharice, with being here and having been seeing all of the episodes and all of the guests, actually having an opportunity to to pre-interview all of the guests before they come on the show, uh, who's been I guess some of your favorites that you've had so far and why? Uh, just off back, uh, 
the support sexy campaign that okay. one was memorable we have so much like you said going on in the world right now especially with um the african-american community mm-hmm. and uh you know, they hear someone come out and have a campaign and a movement specifically targeting, you know, African-American women or people of color, um, particularly women. I thought that that was awesome. Um, it's cool because, you know, I listen to a lot of, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of right. interviews and TED Talks. And, you know, to see them from afar is one thing, but to be a part of the process of interviewing them and getting all that data together. I mean, that's been the most awesome thing, I think, about this process thus far. You know, seeing up close what people are doing and connecting with them and having the side conversations, you know, and seeing that they're regular just like everyone else, you know. Mm. Um, so I think for in terms of interviews, probably the support and sexies. Okay. Favorite. And yeah, that's Elaine Fluker, who was actually uh, a, a 20-year media veteran. Uh, you can follow her at Supported Sexy uh, on Instagram and her website. She's actually the CEO of Chic Rebellion uh, TV also. So, yeah, and you can check her out at ElaineFluker.com. But, yeah, Elaine's a dynamic uh, person. And I feel like one of the things that we've gotten from all of the the guests was, you know, number one, they talked about support, of course, which you just highlighted, but also they talked about their peer group and how important it is to keep those uh, certain types of people in your in your atmosphere in order to, to continue. Uh, who else did you like that we interviewed? Uh, I liked, uh, was it Carl Ulysses? Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked him particularly because he was so unique. I remember when we did the pre-interview, he spoke about how, uh, you know, coming to this industry as a tailor that is mostly dominated by older gentlemen who mm-hmm. were probably Italian. You know, here's this young Black kid with minimal experience and barely any network um, capacity yet, at least in that industry. And he beasted it. You know, he got um, the Tyler Perry gigs. He got, I think, Captain America gigs. He did uh, Janelle Monet. I mean, like one Tupac after another. Movie. Tupac movie. Like, what else is he, is he not touching? Right. Uh, so it was really cool to see how uh, despite uh, the obvious barriers to entry, how he still just beasted it and kind of, you know, took a, a little bit of that market himself and made it his own, you know? Yeah. Nah, and I mean, Carl is such a dynamic brother. Um, I had the opportunity. I actually met Carl, as I said, on that episode, but I met him in college. Mm-hmm. And so I, Clark Atlanta has a, Clark Atlanta University, it has a fashion department. And Carl was actually like a psychology major at Morehouse and he decided to come over. And so I met him in the fashion department there. And then we just str- uh, struck up a friendship and have been friends ever since. But he's one of the most hardworking people that I know. And he's definitely uh, one of the most genuine people that I know. So it's always, uh, it's always a pleasure even just to talk to him on the phone. You know, I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow to, uh, cause I have a couple conferences down there. We're going to do uh, a presentation for Coca-Cola as well. But I always make it a point to see him, you know, his brother, uh, Jordan and, you know, moms, of course, if I can. And so, you know, just definitely one of those really good people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the one of the coolest things that this show has done for me is it, it's humbling, but to see, like, to have you on the team, to have Tremaine on the team, to have all these other people um, believing in the project, because most of the people that we had on the show, if not, actually all of the people, have all been friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize, like, you know, my thing is, I always want to know what makes people successful, what makes them dope, you know? But... I didn't realize how many friends I had around me who were doing so many dope things. And so when I initially put together that Excel list of guests, 
I made it to like 72 or something like that of just people that I knew who I could literally pick up my phone and call who were like entrepreneurs or doing dynamic things. And so I was like, well, if I have this many friends who are doing that, that much uh, cool stuff, this much cool stuff, then I must actually be cool too then. <laughs> that is a great takeaway. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you, you know, you don't want to toot your own horn or, right. you know, you, you're not getting caught up in being big headed. But I'm like, man, you know, my friend here is the CEO of this. My other friend's CEO of that. This person is uh, doing this and they're high up there and things like that. It's just like, wow. Okay. So what, like how, you yeah. know, and then what, what makes them tick? And then you're along for a lot of those people's journeys. Like, yeah. you know, when Carl came up here, Carl stayed with me, you know, initially, and then he got on, he got uh, his things together. Then he moved out and, uh, you know, went there. Then my other friend, Mike, you know, I've had different, just been a part of different people's journey. So yeah. it's just been like, it's always interesting for the pre-interviews. So we have a meeting before uh, the, the guests actually come on live uh, for listeners, just in case you didn't know. But I always have to ask, well, what's your relationship with Kevin? Because it could be that I'm explaining things that they already know because they talk to you on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, which has been you know, a theme and a trend. Um, or it's the opposite where they don't know anything. But for the most part, you know, most people know something about this show. They've supported, they listened, um, and now they're guests too. So you look bringing on all these different people for sure. I've also noticed like that, like you have a large network and it is a testament probably to your vision and your commitment to it. Yeah. And I think that that's huge too, is, you know, when people, when people understand you and know what you're about, then they'll be, they understand the level, like the pedigree that you're bringing. And so then they're, you know, they want to be in alignment with that. And I think one of the best things about the Create Your Life series radio show is that, you know, literally we're talking about how do you go from point A to point B, you know, and how these people went from basically zero to, for lack of a better term, hero. Mm -hmm. And what are the things that they do on a day-to-day basis? You know, um, I sit, I'm up every morning at 6 a.m., and then uh, 6.30 is my workout time and things like that. And so I have this, this rigid schedule. And I notice what's funny is, is that as you're creating your life and as you're doing things, then you notice that your, um, your schedule in the way that you are is very uh, more meticulous than, most, than the average person or than most people. And so the people look at you crazy and then you're kind of like, but then... So then I always have to ask myself, well, am I trying to get the results that you have? Yeah. You know, and so that's... That's really been important as of the, the, I would say, like the last two years for me is really being in alignment. And actually, I was laughing because I was talking to a friend earlier about upgrading your peer group. You know, even if your peer group is at a certain level, but it's that those five people that you're around and that you're uh, trying to achieve and having those conversations with at at all times, mm-hmm. you know, Um Cause I just remember going, being back, you know, one of my fraternity brothers, Al Reynolds has been telling me, you need to talk about you more on the show. You need to talk more about uh, Kevin and your experience. And I'm kind of like, man, nobody, I'm like, do people really want to hear and, and know about this, this foster kid, foster care stuff. But then I think about it, you know, and I had my nephew up here mm-hmm. uh, last week and he was live on air. This little guy, it's funny, 14 year old, you know, he's, really chill or acts like he's not paying attention, but he's yeah. paying attention to almost everything that you're doing. Right. But, you know, he's on air at 14. And so this could become a natural habitat. Yeah. He wants to be a performer as mm-hmm. well. You know, he likes like to do comedy, things like that. 
And I'm just, I just began to reminisce about exposure. Yeah. And yeah. where did I get my exposure from? And just the different things. Like I took him to Zumba class. And this guy's hilarious because he, he's like, oh, this isn't cool. Yeah. But after a while, he gets into it. Then I'm, I feel like I'm cool, you know. Yeah. He thought I was. He thinks I'm a cool uncle. So he was like, "Wow, you doing Zumba?" I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, bro. Like you got to have, you know, a little uh, diversity in your." Uh, your repertoire. I mean, I think you're hitting on so many things. I mean, for Carl, it was the first time I'd heard um, a response to the question of, has your peer group changed? You know, it's one of the standard questions we asked. And he said, no, (laughs) it was the first time I'd heard that. Mm -hmm. And it uh, really put me on to, you know, that idea that sometimes you don't have to have your peer group change. Sometimes you get it right off the back. I know for most most of us, it's probably not the case, but you do have those instances where, you know, you have the support of your family um, and then you have the support of your friends that you, you know, grew up with from your childhood, you know. And he also, uh, you mentioned something else that I thought was key too in terms of creating your life and, you know, being meticulous about how you design your days and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is most people aren't living the life that they want to live. Right. You know, like that's why shows like this, I feel, are important because uh, it is tough. You are going to put in more time. You do have to pay more attention to detail. You do have to, you know, uh, consider costs and benefit of where you put your time or where you invest your time more so than the next person. Because the reality is most people aren't not going to be doing as much as you need to do to create your life. So I think that is so key. And, you know, the final point when you're talking about um, you don't know who's going to impact, who you're impacting Mm -hmm. um, in that process. I mean, I think that's also um, a part of I guess, moving beyond and creating your life is realizing that people are looking and that you do have potential to be a mentor and that, you know, someone um, may find that what you do or how you've done something useful for them. I know it's always odd for me to have my cousins be like, oh yeah, because I look up to you. It's like, oh, wait, why? (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) the reality is, especially for people actually creating their life, is that people are going to take notice and they are going to look for you for advice because you have then become the expert. And I think it's so key to remember. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of the expert, being an expert in creating your life, for a long time, everything, I, all I had was my dreams, mm-hmm. you know, and especially like in the foster care, you got everything going on around you. You never know when you're going to uh, be moved. You never know what kind of trouble you're going to be in for what, or if your foster parents are going to take it out on you as soon as you walk through the door at home. So I, I used to always just say to myself, I'm going to have my own clothing line. I'm going to have my own show. I want to get paid to be myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that was just everything that I was saying. I would just draw clothes and just draw and draw and draw and just be focused on what I was going to be doing after I got out of care. And so I was just envisioning and affirming and affirming and affirming. I mean, every single day. And the same thing happened when I went to college. And I remember my freshman year, I was in the dorm and I was telling some of the guys about some of my dreams and aspirations. And uh, there was this kid from Philly there. And I said, man, I'm going to, I'm going to come out with my own clothing line and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out on campus and everybody's going to love it. And I'm going to put it in the fashion shows. And I'm, I'm saying all of this stuff that I'm going to do, right? And he goes, you can't do that. And I'm like, why not? He says, I don't believe you can do that. And I said, watch me. Mm-hmm. And so the following year, what did I do? I did everything that I said I was going to do there. And that was just, you know, that's that affirming. And in order to, to 
affirm or in order to create your life, you're going to have to make some people believers. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that you're doing it to prove them wrong. You're doing it for yourself. But if they're telling that you can't do it, they're going to have to believe sooner or later. And there was actually a point where I was uh, 2006, uh, my foster, one of my foster uh, parents, I told her all of these things that I wanted to do. And I mean, I told her I wanted to be a host for MTV. I wanted to go and play basketball uh, overseas. I was going to, uh, you know, have my own clothing company. Told her a bunch of things, these things, you know, all of my aspirations. I was basically just dumping it out to her because, you know, I just wanted to share. And she looked at me and she looked at me in my eyes and she said, Kevin, I don't believe you can do all of that. And again, I looked at her in her, in her face and I said, watch me. And so it was just, you know, at that point, nobody believed. And, you know, it was the same thing. You know, I was, uh, when I was coming home, when I had my clothing line sophomore year, you know, I had, you know, different family members and stuff like that, literally stealing my my stock, my merchandise, mm-hmm. wearing it. And I'm like, man, I just paid my money yeah. in order to have this made, you know, so it, there was that. And so they didn't believe, they didn't understand, didn't, didn't uh, re- respect the grind. Right. And so over time where I am now, you know, they respect the grind in a whole different way and they respect, you know, the the show and, and things like that. But it was definitely been a a journey yeah. to get people to believe. So I think I feel like that's one of the biggest things is that you have to start with your own belief mm-hmm. and you just have to every day, man, hard. Like there's some days where I just feel like just keeping my head in the pillow, you know, on this entrepreneurial journey. But at the same time, it's like, yo, there's no there's no other way. Right. You know, like I don't give myself any other options to uh, to be. So, yeah. I mean, it speaks to um, what is it? The third pillar uh, that we have for you know successful people, and that's mm-hmm. visualizing. You know, really being able to see like where you want to go, even if it doesn't exist now. And I think that you're speaking to that. And then also like. Sometimes when we have our dreams, because everyone's different, we have our own sets of experiences. Sometimes where we want to go and how far we want to go, people don't have the capacity to even understand. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, being yourself, I think that's number one pillar. All of that, I think, is important so that you have that confidence. Like, hey, it doesn't matter what who says what. I know what I believe about myself and I'm going to make it pop. And that's what you've done. That's what many of our guests have done. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the other things that that I've taken away from the interviews is that our guests have journeys that are very different than what it may look like on the outside. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, Tanya simmons Reed really, really, really touched that Mm -hmm. um, when she talked about, you know, she opened up and was very transparent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she talked about her experience with with her ex-husband and, you know, having a daughter early on and, you know, moving out of the modeling and just all of these transitions. When she did that, you know, we see this um, this beautiful um, woman who is the president of a company who is, you know, has everything together. And then you notice that there's some peaks and valleys in her journey. Mm-hmm. So then it makes your peaks and valleys say, okay, you know, makes you say, okay, you know, I, I have peaks and valleys as well. And if she made it, then I can make it. Yeah. And so we've gotten some feedback from uh, different listeners, uh, people in the Creative Life Series fam who are actually parents and who are parents young on. And they've actually said, talked about how her story was so exp- inspiring and how, um, you know, Eric Fondren, the CEO of uh, a free ATM, how his story was so inspiring because he started, um, he started as a part-time worker for Free ATM and now he's the CEO. Right. But that journey and being married and right. you know, you had uh just so many different facets in in uh in ways, man. I don't know, there's it's so much. But I think go ahead. 
I was going to say it certainly has been a lot. <laughs> yeah, it has been a lot. And you know, it's funny. I haven't even, I didn't, I don't know if you realize it, but we've, we've done 16 episodes. It's pretty good. Yeah, we've done 16 episodes already. So that's amazing. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, Create Your Life Series fam, if you uh, want to call in and let us know which which uh, episode of the Create Your Life series has been your favorite? We would love that. Uh, telephone number 212-650-6903. I want to remind you that we also have Sharice here with us on air. Hey, guys. And you know, Sharice is one of the uh, very, very important members of the Create Your Life series team, uh, the, the backbone of what it is that we do here. And so we're just really just going over what our experience has been so far uh, conducting the, the show. and Sharice. Uh, Oh, what were some of the... Well, uh, I had asked you over break, Mm -hmm. what is one of the habits that has been hardest to break in terms of you creating your life? Oh, what has been one of the habits that has been hardest to break to create my life? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot that I've had to break. I think, man, there's so many. Hmm, what, What did I say? Admin. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sticking sticking to the admin has been um, sticking to administrative duties has definitely been uh, a challenge for me. But I understand the necessity of it. Yeah. But definitely, sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I have to sit there for hours and, and do some of the things that it takes, and you know, send out those emails and things like that. But hopefully, this year we'll be able to uh, to hire on a full time admin. I think one of the the other habits was staying remaining focused. You know, you have so many different opportunities and so many different options that come your way, as well as advice from people. Mm-hmm. And so that being able to stay focused really, really, uh, it helps. And the reason why it's been hard for me is because I'm more like I'm a clothing designer by trade, right? And I've always just kind of been all over the place. But as I've watched my friends, especially the guests on here and my other friends who are excelling at and are great at things. And as I read about people who are great at things, they have this laser focus. Mm -hmm. And so I understand how important that is and also how important who I take my advice from is. And so one of the, one of the few people that I take advice from is Eric, Mm -hmm. uh, who was one of the, he was actually our first First guest. Right. But I take advice from Eric. And so oftentimes, you know, I call him, I'll lay out, I'll, put together maybe a list of three or four things. And I'd be like, Eric, what do you think about these things? And I know that his advice is very, uh, it's always in depth. Mm-hmm. It's genuine. And he has my best interest at, at hand. And so definitely he keeps me on focus. Or he'll be like, dude, what, you don't even have a, uh, a perspective of what results you want for this. Right. And so some of the, the habit of being focused has also have to, had to be something that I've learned mm-hmm. and that I've uh, groomed myself into, but also, you know, definitely have my friends there who, um, who, you know, are, are willing to put their foot in my behind if need be. And the other thing is actually Elaine is my accountability partner. So every Tuesday at 9, 8, 9 p.m., we have a phone call and we set weekly goals every single week. So that's helping to achieve the bigger uh, goals. And then there's also the 12-year vision statement that we have, which is available on kevinwhitebrown.com if you click on the free tab. And it's it's basically I've planned out what are the goals that I want to accomplish for this year. And so that's keeping me focused as well. And so that goes into my three-year plan, my five-year plan, and my 10-year plan. So it's all leading up to the bigger thing. So I remember listening to um, something. I don't know what it was, but um, there was an emphasis on it was the conversation was about strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and how do you like basically push through 
given your weaknesses. And the person didn't talk about like eliminating the weaknesses per se, mm-hmm. but uh, talked about managing them better, you know? And so in that process, the idea was that you're never going to get rid of your weaknesses per se. In some instances, yeah, you may be able to turn something around, maybe form a new habit, but we're human. You know, we all have that. So in his process, it was like, hey, focus on magnifying the strength and then manage the weakness. And in your process, it sounds like you're managing your weakness. You know, you have an accountability partner. You have your 12-month uh, goal uh, thing that we have available on uh, your website. You know, you found out ways to counteract you maybe not being as focused as, you know, maybe some other person. And I think that's cool. Oh, absolutely. And I, I attribute some of that to, uh, I believe it's Jack Canfield's book, uh, The Power of Focus. And so in this book, I believe like in the first two chapters, it talks about how, you know, Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, they spend a lot of their time working on their basketball game, mm-hmm. not working on playing golf or being an accountant and things like that. So they get they have people who uh, manage those things for them and they manage those people. And so I always, I always took that and that always resonated with me. I think another thing that resonated with me, um, and this is no offense to anyone that has this, uh, this type of certification or anything like that, or degree rather, but there was a point where I wanted to go to grad school and uh, get my MBA. I was going to go overseas and go to go to Spain. And one of my mentors, we were having a conversation, and she says, "Well, what do you?" I was like, "But I don't know if I really want to get an MBA because I feel like once I get my MBA, I'm going to come out of school and still be doing what I'm doing right now, right? Which was running my own company, things like that." I said, "But my network may be better." And she said, "Well, are you going to start?" Uh, just doing marketing? Are you trying to be hired? Are you trying to do this? Are you trying to do that? And I said, no. And she said, well, in that case, if you're going to still be an entrepreneur, you're still going to stick to the script. She said, I'm an entrepreneur. I only have a uh, bachelor's degree. And she's like, and I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, this is Miss Mar- Marie Brown, who's 75 years old. She said, you don't get an MBA, you hire MBAs. Mm-hmm. And so that spoke to what you just said, you know, about understanding your strengths and your weaknesses and things like that. And so it was just kind of, it put things in perspective because I was like, you're right. Like, you know, even if I went and got the NBA, like I'm still going to have the same spirit, still be the same person who's trying to achieve the same result. And so instead of me going to go do the schooling, then why don't I get someone who already has that expertise and, uh, you know, hopefully bring them onto the team so that then we can collaborate and create something bigger and better together. So, that was definitely an insight. Yeah, I feel like you definitely have to be critical thinking like when you're creating your life because, you know, they're not, your decisions may not always be society's decision or what, say, the crowd, you know, it's going to be very unique to you. And in your instance, MBA probably wasn't something that you needed to be investing a lot of time in. Right. You know, I went and got it. And then turned around and I'm not even involved with the thing that I got my focus in. You know, I got a focus in entrepreneurship and I'm just now starting to get into that. Um, but traditionally, my background has been accounting completely different. Um, and so I don't know, like looking at hindsight, if that was the best decision, you know, given my trajectory. But um, definitely notice more of a critical thinking uh, nature of people who've actually created their life. Uh, because it's going to be different. It's going to be unique. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, because what's funny is, is that when we had, when we had met, remet, mm-hmm. I felt like that conversation was completely different. And I felt like a lot of the things that you did have to say were based in, in research and things like that, that you had done in your MBA. So I definitely feel like, you know, it might have, uh, you know, your, your degree might have changed your train of thought that you that's may have true. had prior. Yes. You know, so because what I've heard a lot about, you know, MBAs and MBA programs is that it, it really changes your way of thinking mm-hmm. and your way of uh, delivering results. It is so true. I remember like undergrad, it's so technical. I'm an accounting background, so detail oriented, like journal entries. I mean, we don't do anything like calculus, thank God. Mm-hmm. I got like a D in uh, high school, so I never wanted to take that class again. But everything about accounting, you know, you hear horror stories from everyone who's not in it. Mm-hmm. And most people do change, you know, their um, degree once they touch accounting classes. But uh, when I went to MBA, the thought process was completely different. It went from how do you do these technical skills to how do you manage people doing those technical skills and how do you strategically maximize like profit and your ability to be successful. So in that way, like it's been helpful, you know, for this conversation, for the create your life and all of that. But um, otherwise, you know, I don't know how the, why I did it, you know, like it didn't connect to something that I specifically set out to do. It kind of just came up and I went for it, but it definitely changed my thinking um, from technical type of things to more strategic and management of resources. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the beautiful things about you as well is, is that you have so much, like this is just where you're at right now, but you have the capacity to do so much more. So, you know, I, I feel like that degree is going to be paying paying off a hundredfold for you. You know, Fingers in the crossed. near in the near future. You know, especially as uh, as we grow as a unit mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's just more to come. Yeah. What's your favorite show so far? Wow, my favorite show so far. Oh man. I don't really want to answer that because I feel like my friend, I mean, all of our guests are going to be like, well, why did he say that? I've, I feel like we've had a lot of good shows, some shows that stood out to me. Um, Paul, the work hard, Mr. and Mrs. Work Hard, Train Harder. Mm-hmm. I thought their their show was really good. I mean, the way his wife picked up and did that drop at the end, yeah, as far really as... Yeah, she was so clutch. <laughs> I mean, she was such a natural at it. Um, and, you know, him, seeing him go from boot camps to... You know, from doing one-on-one workouts to boot camps and now to having his own fitness center and coaches and things like that under him and just having those conversations with him over the years. Because Paul is actually my line brother. And so when I first met Paul, he, I mean, this dude could do, I remember one time we were doing push, this dude did push-ups for a four-minute song straight. And I, and you know, I'm in shape and I'm like, what, what? why? <laughs> but he, like he could endure and he had this mentality when it came to fitness and health. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is an amazing guy, you know. And, you know, and the funny thing about that is also, is me and Paul are almost the same size. Mm-hmm. And I've been heavier than him, but he looks bigger than me, mm-hmm. you know. And so now, of course, he weighs a bit more than me because, I mean, he's really in there all the time. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's running six, seven classes a day. Uh, five days, five, six days a week. Yeah. I mean, this dude is... So hearing more in depth about his journey, uh, that was great and very insightful. Yeah. I'm always humbled when I see uh, people that I know mm-hmm. come in and, and support the vision and also see them, you know, talk about their story and what they've actually uh, been through. 
So and I like that he's local. Like you know, a lot of times black owned. I'm just talking about this mm-hmm. before the show started, but black owned businesses is hard to find, and so to have people come up here and they're like, "Yeah, we're down the street." You know, we hear every day from such and such. I'm like, wow, like, you're not going to get this on Yelp. You're not going to get this on Google per se. Like, right. if you know specifically, maybe. But, you know, we got insight that you're not going to get otherwise. And that was pretty awesome to have him be literally, he's like down the street. Yeah, he's on 135th and 8th, <laughs> right above the um, right above the, the deli on the second floor. Like, who, I don't know too many people with real estate in New York, so that's pretty cool. All right, right, definitely. Uh, so that was a great interview. I thought the interview with Elaine was really uh, awesome. The support is sexy. Tanya Reed, hers was amazing. Oh, yeah, I loved Chris. it. And I love the product. They sent us, uh, mm-hmm. Vanessa Blake Cosmetics sent us a, a package of stuff, and uh, it's pretty good stuff there. Yeah, pretty well. So I've heard because yeah, uh, you know, you, ladies, products. <laughs> yeah, you guys more so wear the makeup than I. Uh, but actually, and we have five winners who we got had the opportunity to send the product to as well, and so that was amazing. Wow, I mean, we've had a few guests. Yeah. Jovian was great with the day of purpose, talking about being on purpose. Oh yes, I loved her interview. Yeah, I thought she was awesome. And I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to some of the other interviews I that we're going to have. I you know, know, got some. Uh, the one coming up uh, in August, I think it's going to be good. Um, particularly, I don't, I haven't told you, but particularly because she speaks to just things that you, I, I went to school for entrepreneurship, so very theoretical mm-hmm. background, and she's putting into practice the things I've learned from theory, mm-hmm. you know. But she puts it in a practical way in the way she communicates it. So I'm excited to to really get that one out there for the listeners. Yeah, and who you're talking about is Anshia Toll, mm-hmm. Anshia Crooms. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah she just got married. Yeah. Congratulations to her. And you know what's funny is is that. This is real life. I thought I was hardworking. Mm-hmm. I saw Anshia working, mm-hmm. and I had to step my game up. I mean, I literally, I literally saw her uh, at an event because she's in entertainment. She she uh, went to sleep for a few hours, mm-hmm. woke up, worked. I'm and I'm talking about waking up early, like six a.m. Home at like two, three. Mm-hmm. Wake up at six a.m. Grind it out till about noon or something like that, or maybe like 10, 11, go to take another cat nap and then grind it out again and then go out and do the same thing. And I'm kind of like, how does she, when when does she sleep? How does she keep her energy and, and stuff like that up? But I mean, it was just like a part of her nature. It was like clockwork. Yeah. And I mean, she, when I tell you, that's why I was, you know, because at first we were going to have her here for a, a phone interview. I was like, no, the Create Your Life Series fam needs to see this uh, this queen in person yeah because her work ethic is crazy like i i literally like i really had to step my game up mm-hmm. and and come with it and so i really um i really thank her for that and yeah. i don't want to give away too much so i'm yeah. just gonna keep mute on that because uh she told me a little bit about her background and uh, i can see how she needs to manage and maybe where she got those skills from but you know when that comes out it'll be all there for people to to listen to and hear hear her journey. Yeah. So she's definitely uh, one of the most hardworking uh, people that I know. Oh, wow. Favorite guests. Favorite guests. Who, 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 name another one of your favorites. I think I, you've named quite a few things, but uh, I can tell you another thing that um, I, I like about this show. Uh, most times when 
when we do the pre-interviews, the meetings before this actual live interview, we ask, what is the most rewarding thing about creating your life thus far? And most times than not, I mean, you get a combination of answers, but baseline, a lot of people are just thrilled to see that their vision actually came to life, how they said it would. And I find that really inspiring because I imagine that uh, that that's a priceless feeling to have. Um, but definitely something that's been consistent among a lot of the interviews that we've had thus far. Yeah. And I think sometimes experiences shape you and turn you into uh, who you are and help you to endure. And so I always relate. You know, I hated foster care. I mean, I literally, I hated my life growing up all the time. I just did not like it. You know, being treated like a second-class citizen uh, in your own home. Because being a foster kid is a very unique experience because it's like you're like family, but you're not family. And at some point, it always comes up. You know, you're around people, you know, and it's something as small as just looking like the people around you, man. It matters so much that most people, they just assume or they, it's not, they're not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see a picture of someone that looked like me until I was 23 years old and I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. I didn't find out who my dad was until April of 2007. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen him. I, you know, found out that, you know, my dad was a different person than who I had thought of. Mm-hmm you know, for the last uh, 22 years at that point. And the first time I seen a picture of this dude was his obituary. And I'm looking at this obituary and I'm like, I don't look like this dude, you know? And so, but my experience in foster care, all of those struggles and the, the mistreatments and the, just the hard times prepared me for when things aren't going right, you know, when I'm trying to execute a deal, when I'm trying to prepare for a radio show and things like that. It's kind of like, dude, you've been through worse. Right. You know, and so you can you can accomplish this mm-hmm. and, you know, work hard. Mm-hmm. Work hard until it comes into fruition. You know, again, when, I, when I'm sitting there for years and years and all I have are these dreams and to see these dreams manifest, then I know for a fact that I could really achieve anything. You know, I could literally create the life that I want. Even when my foster mom, when she told me she doesn't think that I could accomplish those things, I had opportunities to do them all. Right. You know, even with the playing basketball overseas, it's funny because I had the opportunity to go and try out. Um, and I chose not to because I was like, you know what? I want to contribute something different to the world than, uh, than playing ball. Mm-hmm. I kind of, <laughs> that's one thing that I'm kind of like, oh, I think I probably should have at least went and played for a year or yeah. two. And so my nephew, he had asked me, he said, uncle, why didn't you go? And I said, man, that wasn't what I wanted. But in terms of when somebody had told me that those, these were things that I couldn't do, that I couldn't create the life that I wanted, they didn't, they didn't understand how much I believed yeah. or how hard I'm willing to work. Yeah. Like, you know, I've always been that I'll throw, I'll give up everything to achieve my dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that you know, you you have those times where you really are tested. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I do to myself sometimes is I really back myself into a corner, right? So I told myself in undergrad, I said, all right, you're not going to graduate school because you're going to get two um, bachelor's degrees. And then you're just going to have to, you know, create your own business. This is what you wanted to do your whole life and things like that. And so I backed myself into that corner. So I got the two degrees. So 
I was like, okay, you're done with school. Now let's take it to another level. So when I go back for my options, like after being an entrepreneur and being being paid as an entrepreneur, then for me to go and work at a company, then I'm also understanding that, uh, well, if they're going to pay me X amount, then they're going to make at least three times off of me, mm-hmm. right? And then so I, then I also calculate it. Then I'll be like, okay, well, if I'm making 50K and they're paying me 50K, then that means I'm really only getting 37 and some change, mm-hmm. right? So what if I ran my own company and then... Uh, and I could do 30, 40K in three months. Mm-hmm. So what I would get paid in a year, then you have to think about the trade-off and the time, right? And so then you think about the trade-off and the time. Okay, well, in three months, if I can make my yearly salary, that means I can go on vacation for the rest of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking. But then it comes back to the grind. And then it comes back to what is that sacrifice? What are you willing to sacrifice for that? Mm-hmm. And so with that, that's where my childhood comes in. Mm-hmm. Or that's when those times where everything... Um, was wasn't all uh, peaches and cream, you know. Yeah. I think the the model for entrepreneurs is well. You can say Caesar's model: weeks of sacrifice for a lifetime of paradise. Or you could also say that entrepreneurship is living like others want for a period of time, so that then you can live like others can't. Mm-hmm. And so, when you have that, and you understand the delayed gratification, and you have had some successes with putting in the work and seeing the results then it's hard to turn your back on yourself mm-hmm. and then just go with the flow and what everybody else is doing. And I mean, it's tempting. You know, all of my friends, I mean, well, not all of my friends. Some of my friends, you know, they work a nine to five. They have a real comfortable life, you know, and do these other things. But when I say, man, you know what? I think I want to go to Africa for a month. The first thing they said, man, I have a job. And I'm like, you know, I understand that. And there's nothing wrong with having a job. And I, you know, I, I respect that, you know, because entrepreneurship and your, having your own path isn't for everybody. But whatever it is that you're doing and you're creating your life, you know, defining that lane and doing whatever it takes in order for you to be great in that, then I feel like that's what we're, that's what we're here for. And that's what we're really about, you know, yeah. that personal development. And so... I remember uh, for one of the interviews, Chris Alvarez. Yeah. Um, he mentioned, was it Transcendent? That's his... Yeah, Transcendent Enterprise, Chris Alvarez. his uh, website. And he talked about how when he first started, you know, he knew he wanted to run the business, but he had no idea, like, how to make it pop. And I think about you, like, you already had, like, it sounds like focus more than maybe you think you mm-hmm. have, but from outside looking in. And it seemed like he was pretty focused and strategic in how you created your life. Um, and I appreciate that. But I brought up Chris because I appreciated his honesty and transparency too, to say like, hey, I didn't have anything figured out. You mm-hmm. know, even when he talked about mentors, he talked about YouTube um, personalities, not the traditional type of mentor I would would have thought of, but still effective for what he needed. And uh, to get just the variety of the stories of what you did strategically to think things through, you know, um, how you were able to remain focused versus Chris or a person like Chris who maybe had to figure out over time the ups and downs he needed to go through to figure out how to create his business or create his life. I think that was an important narrative too to talk about on this show because we want people to know that, hey, like it can get tough and people we who do come up here don't have it all figured out. Like we're all in the journey trying to figure it out. And I think that's so key when you talk about staying committed and, you know, staying uh, focused is actually believing that you can continually believing that you can actually accomplish your goals. Um, so 
to hear your story, but then to have, you know, the wide range of of uh, perspectives and journeys where, hey, sometimes people don't know uh, how to figure it out, but um, they did figure it out over time. I think it's just such an important thing to um, have that variety um, for, for listeners so, so that it meets their, wherever they are. Absolutely. And that's that faith, mm-hmm. you know, that faith and, and belief in the, in the process. And again, you know, sometimes people are going to be around you and they're going to believe and sometimes they're not. But your belief is really, really what, uh, what makes the difference because that's when all else has failed and everything around you is, uh, is falling. You know, uh, you have yourself to lean on. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, there's, there's those days. I literally ask myself, I'm like, you know, you're crazy. You must be crazy. Are you crazy? I'm talking to myself, you know, because I'm like, dude, you... You, I'm just, I'm dreaming, but I'm willing to put in the work for the dreams. But you're just like, man, this is so out of the ordinary. This is so out of the ordinary. So it's just one of those, uh, it's one of those things. And I mean, of course, this is uh, the the Create Your Life series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're live here on Sundays uh, from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. And ladies and gentlemen, what we want to do is, of course, we want to thank uh, Sharice for being here. It's been a wonderful Sunday with you. Thank you for listening and uh, listening to our recap over the Create Your Life series, our experience so far, you know, with Sharice. Bye, guys. And so, yeah, we want to say thank you for having us and uh, to tune back in with us uh, next Sunday from 530 to 630, com, or, of course, subscribe to us uh, on iTunes uh, podcast. <laughs>